everyone, and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearly, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Matt Godfrey, CEO of Singapore-based sugar innovation firm, Nutrition Innovation on a mission to solve the sugar overconsumption problem using sugar. So, hello, Matt. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Polly. Honored to be here, and thanks for inviting me. Very nice to have you here indeed. And first off, I'd like to start by diving a bit deeper into nutrition innovation and what you guys do. So, I take it that one of the key ideas here is that, you know, sugar itself is not the issue, you know, to, to if it can be made healthier by technology such as yours. So, I guess my question here is, why are you guys opting for the route of making a change to this very common food ingredient found everywhere, as opposed to, you know, finding new methods or new ingredients to solve the sugar issue as many people are trying to do? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Um, so, so the sugar industry is a 200 million ton industry. It's, it's a, a, a massive $40 billion industry around mm. the world. Um, and it's pervasive and present in most foods that, that we consume and eat. Um, and one of the problems is if you want to make a change to that and take people to other ingredients, you need to scale very quickly. That scale mm. could take years and decades to get to. So new, new, new novel ingredients, new foods may take years to get FDA uh, uh, approval, may take years to get to market, may take years and, and literally millions of dollars to, to build factories. So, mm. so to that, um, how many people will be impacted if you take 20 to 30 to 40 years to solve the problem? Mm-hmm. However, if you can take a step back and ask, what is the problem specifically with these carbohydrates? Is it processing? And can the processing be made better to make the core ingredient healthier? And can that be transform- transformed quickly, efficiently and affordably? Then potentially you can have a far bigger I- uh, global impact in a shorter period of time. And in that process, save lives quicker. This brings us down, of course, to like the technology you guys are working on, the, the new cane technology, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So how does the new cane technology work? Could you tell us a bit more about that in layman terms? There's um, two, two new cane technologies we take to market. One's called new cane raw, which is a, mm-hmm. a low glycemic raw sugar. And one's called new cane life, which is a sugar reduction uh, platform and, and, uh, and technology. So new cane raw is, is, is a processing technology which looks for active bioactive compounds, which are naturally present in sugarcane. Mm-hmm. The, these are normally treated as the waste stream by the industry and put out to fertilize and put out to molasses. But if you can keep them in the sugar crystal to specific quantities, they actually slow down the body's ability to metabolize and transport sucrose into the body. So mm-hmm. you can actually have a low glycemic response naturally by just using the natural plant compounds that exist in the, in the sugarcane plant, but have been treated as a waste stream for well over 100 years. One of the partners we've been working closely with is, is CSR in Malaysia, who use that technology to take to market um, products like Better Brown in Malaysia, mm. which is a healthier version of, of sugar for the Malaysian market. It's also been launched in, in Singapore by CSR. And, and mm. just recently, they've started exports to other markets as well, including Canada. So that's the, the first. The second is a, is a new way of processing sugar. Mm. So sugar is a very dense heavy carbohydrate. Um, so yeah. when you put into a food in a food system, uh, you might be putting much more sugar than you, than you need because it's a mm-hmm. binder, it's a filler, it's a preservative. But if you take sugar out, then, then the product doesn't hold. 
So mm-hmm. our second processing technology, which is New Can Life, to create a sugar particle, which is which is much less dense. It's a light, fluffy uh, uh, sugar particle filled with proteins and fibers. And so therefore sugar becomes a solution to the sugar problem itself. You can put about half as much sugar in, but also you're putting in functional ingredients such as proteins and fibers to make any product um, naturally healthier and also in low in sugar. I am curious on your thoughts, you know, being so deep in this industry, what do you think this whole reformulation and reduction journey that food firms, consumers are all undergoing right now is, how is it going to eventually end up? Um, for about 700, 800 years, there's been a monopoly on, on, on sweetening technology. Mm. Uh, and there's been one product, which is refined sugar practically, that really has led the, led the, the, the world. And mm. where I think we're heading is, is, is customers need choice. They yep. need different solutions to solve different um, food system challenges for also different market conditions and also for, for, for different price points. So I think over the next uh, 10, 15 years, we're going to see a range of innovations, a range of choices and a range of options to the marketplace, which I think is healthier for big brands because big brands, are the, I think, mm. at the moment feel trapped by a lack of choice. So th- there's a lot of factors at play. Um, mm-hmm. Major international companies uh, will also, um, I would say, be rightly prudent and take their time in relooking at reformulation. It's not a quick process. Mm-hmm. So everybody has to um, play their role. The, the startups community, the regulators, the uh, major food companies, the ingredient suppliers, everybody has to come together and take that staged approach to get to reformulation. Let's now shift the focus to a bit more of the entrepreneurial part of this podcast. Matthew, most of your career was in marketing and advertising. So really, how did you find yourself here in food technology? So the, the, the market communication business is fundamentally an ideas business. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you have the benefit of working in that industry for 20, 30 years, which, which I, I did, it, it's quite an exciting industry in that you're, every day you're seeing fresh ideas, new ideas. You're also at the cutting edge of a lot of ideas because you're getting to work with companies as they're launching new, new innovations. Mm. So um, I, I, I spent a lot of time working with technology companies and it was really, really exciting because you're seeing technology you were getting briefed on technology before it was even launched the marketplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're, you're always in, in the world of, of seeing new innovations and seeing new excitement. Uh, and the same was true in, in, in food brands. When you're, mm-hmm. when you're launching new food innovation across Asia Pacific, you, you were working with the R&D teams to, to get an idea of what they're trying to achieve, yep. uh, mm-hmm. what was the trend, how to connect an idea with the new consumer base or how to launch a new concept in. So I was always working in those areas of, of trying to take new ideas and get people excited by them. Mm. And in that process, actually, it's it's not that far a leap to start from working with the people to help their ideas to go to market to then working with our founders to say, well, actually, here's a whole idea, a whole business that could be changed, a whole industry that could be disruptive. Mm. So it, it's not really that huge a change for you, essentially. But one of the things when, you, when you're running groups of advertising and marketing com- companies, it's, it's still business orientated. So you're still... Uh, you know, getting new customers in, you're still getting new business in, you're still uh, trying to drive profitability, you're doing talent management, you're trying to develop a profile for your company as well. So all, all those business aspects, which you, you uh, learn and acquire by, by, you know, running groups of, of advertising communications company, they all play back into being a CEO mm. of, of almost any, any company. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I would say is uh, I need to, to, to keep going back to school. Mm-hmm. You, you have to keep re-educating yourself on new things, new activities, and new spaces. So the thing I've found is, is, 
is the skills that you have to run a business can translate onto into you know a startup and being entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. But you also have to go back to school and retrain yourself on things that you're not sure what's going on. And mm -hmm. one of the good things is, is Dr. Kanar, you know, his depth of knowledge in some of these areas of, of pharmacology, bioactive compounds is so, is so deep and so broad. I spend a lot of my time trying to catch up with him with his knowledge. So, so I, <laughs> I do, do spend some time going back to school to learn from mm. him as well. So it, it's a part you bring your skills to play, mm -hmm. but it's also a part you you've got to learn that you've, You've, you've got to keep, um, I, I think, retraining yourself on things that you're not so comfortable on uh, and applying yourself just as if you were like starting a fresh job. Could you also share with us some of the personal and professional challenges that you face when making this change and you know, entering into the food technology industry? You know, I, I think, I think um, uh, one thing you, you, you kind of learn or have to learn is, is if, you, if you're running a large organization, and so the organization I was, I was in, you know, 35 offices with 2000 people, you've mm. got scale and resources. Mm. And so if you're making a move from corporate life to startup life, um, it is completely liberating and exciting mm. because the shackles are off. But at the same time, all mm -hmm. those shackles are processes, and systems and their resources to help shape and, and, and guide what you do. None of those exist. So you have to build that from scratch. Mm. So there's also that a lot of responsibility you have to to say, well, what do I want the company to be? How do I want it to operate? What partners do I want? Because a lot of those things you take for granted in corporate life are there for a reason. Mm. And once they've gone, you have to rethink what you do and how you approach it. The next thing I did want to ask was, you know, what has been your greatest motivation in all of this? So I, I don't think anybody should go into the entrepreneurial innovation um, space if, the, if they're if they're not prepared for bad days and, and mm. difficult news and, and challenges. I mean, that's by definition that's how, how it is. Yep. And it doesn't mean that corporate life isn't as equally challenging. There are challenges everywhere, but mm -hmm. I think it's the purpose, which is important. And, and mm -hmm. we're on a purpose to make the world a healthier place. Um, and so, <laughs> so if you're on that purpose mm -hmm. and if you're on that, that mission and, and you've got that kind of true North, then actually, you know, everything else gets put into context and you can, you can really kind of just enjoy what you do and try and drive against it mm -hmm. because uh, every, every little bit you succeed, you're closer towards that goal. So on that note, actually, is there anything that you wish you had known when you had started out making this change in the beginning? Anything you might have done differently if you had known this? I, I think I think there was a, there's something which is um, inherent in startups, which is which is about any failure is learning. Uh, if even if you look at, at at some of the best entrepreneurs in the world, you know Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, all these mm -hmm. chaps you know, they have failures on the scorecard and it's those failures which help them shape what they do. And mm -hmm. so as a team, have we done everything perfectly? Uh, I, I would doubt that. But, but you, innovation means with the cutting edge. You, mm. you have to, to, to make decisions go forward and you're going to have to be, be prepared that there's not everything is going to work out perfectly. But it's how you deal with those failures. It's how you shape the next decision that actually makes you stronger. So I wouldn't change anything because I don't think we would be today Mm -hmm. um with where we've got partners all around the world in such a short period of time and mm -hmm. you know we we have you know the number one product in 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 the category in malaysia and if we hadn't sort of you know taken that journey to to stumble our way through some of the early days do you have any advice for um those young entrepreneurs out there who might also be wanting to go down such a path or to you know make a career change in, from one a different industry to a very different industry um 
Yeah, I, I, I think going back to where we started, what, what, what is the core of the idea, and what is mm-hmm. the, the, the do, you, do you actually understand what you're, what you're trying to bring to market? And, and that may sound slightly obvious, but a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one is, is your idea really sharp, and do you, do you understand what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, second, I would say is this, this piece, which is this ecosystem of partnerships you put, put around you, uh, and that a lot of um, uh, early entrepreneurs and founders are trying to control everything and manage everything and mm. own everything. Um, but, but actually it's, it's collaborations, which, which gets you where you need to be quicker and it's working with an ecosystem that gets you there. So um, I, I would say, you know, build, build those collaborations, build those trusts, build those win-win um, uh, structures. And then uh, after, after that, uh, I would say, um, yeah, uh, keep that open mind, be always a student. Um, mm. So even if you think you're, uh, you know exactly what you're doing and you've, you've studied the market and you um, make a presentation and people don't buy what you say or don't believe what you say, um, you can't just step back and go, they're, they're wrong and I'm right. You need to mm. just sort of go, what can I learn from that? What did I not say or how did I say it or what did I get wrong? Because if they're missing the point, then maybe other people are missing the point. And so take, take all of kind of that feedback and, and try and, uh, morph it and grow from it to, to make yourself stronger. What is next for you and for Nutrition Innovation? Where do you see yourself and the company in the next perhaps 12 months and five years down the line? Uh, we're, we're launching uh, a third, third innovation, which is mm. a, a, um, a concentrated polyphenol powder, uh, mm. which has uh, anti-diabetic um, capabilities. So we're starting off and into move from uh, sugar, sugar reduction into anti-diabetic par- uh, products itself, mm. which is going to be very exciting for us. Yep. Uh, and so, so we're taking into that, that, that third generation of products are, are already. So we're, we're excited by that as well. Um, and there are some major markets in the, in the world, which we've, we've not entered into yet. So uh, we've got a strong focus on, on, uh, on markets like North America. We've got a strong fo- mm. focus on, on markets like India and, and also uh, the UK market, and we're we're partnering with um, celebrity chefs. We're partnering with innovators yeah. in markets like that to really help get more focus onto what we do, but also to help grab more excitement into our brand, so that people get more involved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, feel that there's something they can actually participate in that will be part of part of the cure. All right. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today, man. I had a very good time speaking to you. Thank you, Pearly. Um. And, and thanks again for the invite. Always great to share ideas and also, always great to share experiences about how to develop businesses across Asia Pacific and beyond. Was a very was a pleasure having you here. Thank you so much. And thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Pearly signing out. <laughs>